1: eat those bulls coverage i am your stunned and, and maybe utterly voiceless wordless uh stricken speechless host keith cork uh you can find me on Twitter at BSPP keith and this is my co-host here also trey hill trey uh how are you, how are you feeling man
2: <laughs> i feel like demar de rosen and zach levine showed why the bulls should be considered contenders tonight like that's that's where I'm at with it. I've been, you know, kind of tiptoeing around the last week or two, you know, calling them contenders. You know, they probably still need to make sure, But I think tonight showed that they have that ability to grind out a win. This was their fifth game in seven nights. They were missing, like, their, what, probably three best perimeter defenders, maybe three best defenders in Lonzo Caruso and Patrick Williams. Yeah. And— it was it was very much a grinded out game. The Wizards came in with an excellent game plan. Um, Wes Unsell Jr., he was uh, he was one of the shortlist guys before Billy Donovan became available. And I think he did an excellent job of baiting Chicago into shots that, you know, that it probably shouldn't have taken. And it was just a great it was a great game for the Bulls to show that even when they're tired they can they can just, you know, will themselves to victory.
1: Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on this game. It, you broke it down pretty pretty accurately there, uh, Mr. Trey. But uh, before we begin, guys, I uh, want to do a quick uh, shout-out here. Uh, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. That's at EthosFantasyBK, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at ethos fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow now. Uh, yeah, so uh, just, just so you know, kind of recap it, and I know it uh, started, started a little rocky here, but uh, the Bulls did uh, defeat here. Um, uh, I can't even think right now. The Wizards. <laughs> the Bulls did defeat the Wizards 120 to 119 behind another DeMar DeRozan, last second three point shot. Uh, which was less less ill-advised than the last one. The last one seemed like he was kind of lost about where the time was. This one, he had no choice. We had about three seconds left. Um, I was really, really concerned that the Bulls were going to get called with a five-second call there at the end. He, he was holding the ball, holding on to the ball. We had no timeouts. Uh, the other, Wizards had no timeouts. So it was the end of the game. No matter what was going to happen, that was it. And, this was
2: the opposite of yeah. last night. So last night's DeMar, you know, he's admitted he, he lost track of the time. This one, I think it showed his ability to find his shot. Like we, we talk so much about DeMar DeRozan finding his spot in the mid range. Well, this was also him finding his spot. He knew exactly how much time he had. That's how he managed to get that pump fake off. And I'm pretty sure it was Beal that came over for the the late challenge, you know, the second guy, but DeMar was, it was just an excellent play by him uh, all around the timing, the footwork, the shot itself. It, Unreal shot from just one of the the biggest bright spots in the NBA this year.
1: Deja vu. I mean, people are going to be confused. I have a friend that just messaged me now. I was, I was reading it. He said, I didn't even know there was a game, but then I got really confused because then they were talking about a DeMar DeRozan buzzer beating three to win the game. And that literally just, 2021 ended the same way 2022, 2022 began the same way 2021 ended uh, with a DeMar DeRozan three-point shot to win a, a basketball game, which isn't, uh, that's a pretty rare occurrence anyways. Uh, so the fact that it happened twice in, in two days in different years, I, that, I, that's just, it's, it's, it's defying all kinds of logic here. Uh, just insanity. I, I can't believe it. Um, I'm a little bit too excited. That's why you, my, my, you my thoughts are going everywhere. <laughs>
2: uh, we, we were talking earlier about maybe looking back at 2021 and how we wouldn't be able to include tonight. I think it's, the the nerd in me thinks it's it's neat that he did that on December 31st 2021 and then also started the year off the same way like he ended 2021 and started 2022 off with three point game winning buzzer beaters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just incredible and I think um you know it was kind of a bit of a broken play. You were saying he got to a spot. I I mean I don't think he wanted a three. I think he got just basically what the defense gave him. I think um he was the guy who was going to get it off the first action. He didn't get the ball. Uh, I believe Zach Levine was coming off of the second action over the top at the top of the key, uh, and he wasn't open. So then, you know, they had to inbound the ball inbound the ball to DeMar DeRozan, who got the defender on his back. Kind of did the same the same move he does every single time, which was kind of like a, just a little half uh, spin. Uh, got to the corner, did his fadeaway. It's about maybe five, six feet beyond what he usually gets it from. But, yeah, that is a, a shot he's comfortable with, so that was definitely his his shot. I don't know if it was necessarily his spot, like you said, but it was his shot for sure. Uh, that action, it, it's just he's it's comfortable to him. It's something it's his go-to action. So um, I don't think yeah, it's bad with, shot.
2: Yeah, go ahead. yeah, you're right. With only 3.3 3 seconds left, he d- he didn't really have time to set the defense up to where he could get in position. He you're right in the sense that he had to take what the defense gave him. But I thought he did a good job of like you said using his uh, that little what is it like a half spin looking thing yeah. that he does U- using his little comfort move to get in rhythm and to just kind of set himself up to. To have the good, you know, have the good footwork and just be squared up and just knock it down. It's basically
1: like a rocker move. Like he does, like a drop step and then just kind of a hop back into a jump shot, and it's just a, it's just open every single time. So comfortable shot form, not necessarily, uh, you know, the best shot in the world, but he hit it and history has been made, and there, that's all you can really say. Um, but man, he has you been say-
2: shooting thirty four percent from yeah. the corner this year, and I that, that'll see- go up after tonight.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I did see Casey Johnson was posting uh, his numbers alongside Zach Levine's numbers. Both have been incredible this month. Um, but he was asking who's going to be the uh, the shooter for this month. But DeMar was shooting like 63% from threes this month. He doesn't grant he doesn't take a lot. He takes one or two a game. So, uh, but he's hitting them at a, at a nice clip. So, uh, which he's not known for a th- as a three point shooter. So it's really incredible. He's just doing a lot better in that this season than that. Um, but yeah, you did mention Trey that they the Bulls are missing, you know, probably their three best defenders. And you could tell tonight. I mean, you know, like you said, fifth game and seven nights, um, I expected them to come out flat. I expected it to be just a struggle uh, for them to get the energy here to play. But the defense was just, it was bad. I mean, there's no way around it, right? It was bad on both sides. The, the Wizards didn't play particularly good defense either. But uh, you know the Bulls had n- nothing, nothing at the rim. No one was meeting them at the rim. Looks like the Bulls were just stuck in cement, like stuck in mud. Uh, Wizards players just going past them. You know, people are just blowing assignments, missing assignments. Um, I don't know. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head here or, or in front of me, but I'm guessing a lot of the Wizards points came off of layups and dunks.
2: Uh, here I'll read you some numbers. Mm-hmm. They shot tw- The the Wizards, who I I think anyone who watched that game, it's fair to say they played rather small most of the mm-hmm. game they shot 26 of 30 from at the rim 26 of 30 yeah and then they were also 11 of 21 from short mid so that you know that that short mid in they were 37 of 51 which is you know that that's almost 33 percent of their shots the bulls in contrast only shot four of four at the rim, even though they uh, had the size advantage, they were, and you know it's great that they didn't miss a shot at the rim. But how do you only shoot four shots at the rim? Yeah. When and to me that just speaks to the tired legs, the Wizards doing a great job of of baiting them into those mid range jump shots. The Bulls shot twenty long mid range shots, and let's not uh, let yeah, and let's not
1: discount Daniel Gafford. I mean, Gafford. It was clear when Gafford was in the game, and the Bulls were driving, especially when like Kobe White or somebody or I.O. is driving, and Gafford was around the corner there, meeting them at the rim. They didn't want any of that. They didn't want none of that. They would pull up for a floater or a, or a you know mid range jump shot instead of taking it all the way to the rim and laying the ball up. So I think um, you know you definitely have to give Gafford some pre- credit there. Uh, he played pretty well. Uh, what he ended up with like twenty something point, nineteen points uh he ended up with 19 points and eight rebounds and two blocks so very decent game for him I, I would assume that he was you know looking forward to this game for a while uh gets to play his former team he only managed 20 minutes because he was in foul trouble in that first half and then like you said the the Wizards just ended up playing small uh which kind of surprised me because Gafford was really tearing us up on especially on the offensive end he was catching lobs getting offensive rebounds and uh you know, putting it back in and dunking at four offensive rebounds in that twenty minutes so uh what do you think their their reasoning was there for going so small?
2: I think they thought it was working hmm. mostly uh Rusevich was three of seven from three uh he missed that last one late that was wide open, so he he shot. throughout the game when Gafford was playing. And you mentioned that Gafford was around the rim. He was very happy to give Vucevic wide open shots. So I think maybe part of it was they wanted to maybe challenge the three-point line a little bit more after the Bulls shot so well. They shot 50% from three on the night, whereas the Wizards only shot 22%. I... Gafford played a good game, so I'm not really sure why they went away from him as much as they did, uh, other than the foul trouble. But he only had three.
1: Yeah, he had two, I know, in the first quarter, like right off yeah, the Yeah, he got
2: two real early. Yeah. And then I think I think the— because the Wizards were in, in pretty good control most of this game, there until the end. The Bulls went on that run in the third quarter, but then the Wizards kind of you know, beefed it back up a little bit there at the beginning of the fourth, I felt like.
1: Well, yeah, Gaffer, I was watching closely too because the after went out with those two fouls. So I was wondering, you know, without Montrezl Harrell, who the Wizards were going to stick on Vucevic and they ended up being Bradley Beal having the first crack of defense on Vucevic, uh, which is kind of interesting. And then they end up going with Corey Kispert when he came in, uh, and Kispert's only six six. I mean, these guys—I I don't think anyone on their team was taller than six six on the floor at that time. Because uh, I was looking at these guys, and I'm like, where, you know, where's their tall guys? You know, you're so used to having. Uh, power forward in the center, especially if you're you know, in your 30s and have been watching basketball for a while. So uh, kind of surprising here. Kispert, uh, he's one guy actually that did stick out to me. I was really impressed with his athleticism, especially some of his drives and just power dunks over over some of our guys. So uh, I wasn't really eyeing him on draft night, but uh, yeah, I saw some really good things from him tonight.
2: Yeah, he had a couple dunks that were a lot more explosive than I expected to see. But I think the point on Vucevic is valid. He he had a really good game for him. He I said he went 3 of 7 from three-point line. He was 9 of 15 for field goals, so he was, what, 6 of 8 inside the arc. So he was punishing the, the Wizards' attempt to put those smaller guys on him, and he was a plus 13 for the game. I think it really showed. Uh, When Vucevic was in, they were able to take advantage of his size. He had a double-double, which I know you're excited about. You want (laughs) him to have Mm double-doubles, 22 and 12. Um, I thought Kobe White was the guy who was – he was the spark plug. uh, Halfway through the fourth quarter, the Bulls were just settling for jumpers, and he had like three possessions where he drove to the rim – one. One was, uh, I think he turned it over, the other was a layup, and then the other he kicked out, and then it was like the the hockey assist for the corner three. And I just think he's been playing with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and I think he was huge tonight in the fourth quarter to kind of rally the troops.
1: Oh, yeah. Kobe was a stabilizing force. Kobe um, did everything he needed to do. I can't say enough good things about Kobe White. Um, he's just been playing super well, and you know it shows. And the Bulls are, are winning games. And yeah, actually, you, you talked about it, Trey with my uh, New Year's resolutions for the Bulls, especially for Vucevic and Kobe. They both hit their markers tonight. So Vuce had his double double, and he also had he also shot over, uh, I think it was like 43% from the field. I want him to shoot. He shot 60% from the field today. And then Kobe, I want him to just shoot over 33% from threes, and he shot 50%. He shot very well. Uh, again, hopefully he's on a little bit of a heater, and he keeps it up for a, a few games because he really. He's been a stabilizing force. He's kept us in these games. And so, here, you know, I know we have been talking about it a lot, but, you know, fans wanting to trade Kobe and me even wanting to trade Kobe. And I think this is good no matter what, because even if the Bulls don't end up trading him, I think Kobe's a really good piece. And this is what you need him for. Without Kobe White, the Bulls don't win these last two games. Uh, you know, so, so instead of a seven game win streak, you're five and two over your last seven, which isn't as good. So it's the difference between being, you know, maybe a third seed or a first seed right now.
2: And if they do end up trading him, his value is only going to be higher from these games he's strung together. So it's a win-win for the Bulls right now. And I'm just happy to see him succeeding, honestly. The Bulls tried to throw him in that point guard role last year. Um, I I, I was pretty certain that wasn't going to work. I've been saying since he was drafted he needs to come off the bench and be that microwave guy, ideally. And to see him finding his role and to embrace the defensive side of the ball, even though he is undersized, he's going to get beat. But whenever he's making the effort, you know, he's diving on the on the floor to get those balls. Uh, He had a couple great steals, just off ball awareness, just being in the right place at the right time and saving some baskets for us. It's just really nice to see him look comfortable out there because I don't think he looked comfortable at all once he started starting.
1: Yeah, you're right. He has not looked comfortable even when he was coming off the bench. I mean, he just has not looked comfortable there after coming back from that surgery. And, uh, you know, after having coming back from health and safety protocols, he's just been out so much so long. But, yeah, the last, I would say, what, four or five games, he's looked more like himself. Uh, and he's looked really good. And he's looked exactly like, you know, I envisioned as, you know, this is the best version of Kobe we can get for that four or five games. Now, is that going to continue, you know, through the end of the season? Who knows? We don't know because we've seen Kobe go on heaters before and then you know he'll have maybe a, a six, seven, eight game stretch where he's, you know, not shooting the ball well and then his confidence is down. So um it might be I, an up and I think down the right big
2: thing to, I think the big thing to watch is that defensive effort. Does does it sustain when he doesn't have a good shooting night? Say tonight he goes seven of fourteen. What if he was two of fourteen? Is he is he still, you know, putting in the defensive focus to be in the position to get those steals off ball. Um, that's really what I want to see, because if not, let, then it becomes a Lou Williams situation where unless he's making shots, you just can't have him on the floor. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so, yeah, but speaking of Kobe, you know, we, we took him out of the second. unit. You know, obviously he's starting now because of so many people out. We don't have Lonzo Ball. We don't have Alex Russo, Uh and I'm probably missing. We know Devin Dotson, which doesn't really matter that much, but he's, he's playing in the first unit now. Did you say so- Javante Green? I didn't say Javante Green. We didn't have him tonight. You're right. He was out tonight. Um, obviously, the, the Wizards were down all their point guards, which was really rough for them. They were down Will uh, Neto, um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Yeah, and I think uh, I think there's probably one other person I'm, I'm forgetting here. But uh, either way, uh, people were out on both sides. It was pretty even. You know, I, I think the Bulls were even missing a little bit more firepower than the Wizards were. But uh, but anyways, like I was saying, so Kobe's starting. He's playing a lot of minutes. So I was looking at that second unit in that second quarter. I was watching them, and I was just looking at them, saying, "Who is going to score on this unit?" Because we had DeMar DeRozan in, which you know, fine, you know, DeMar DeRozan's going to do his thing, but he really needs a second guy on there. So, but we had Tyler Cook, Troy Brown Jr., Matt Thomas, and Ayọ Désùmù, and I love all those players, but none of those guys are like, you know, hey, this is the guy that's going to, you know, give me 20 uh, in a second unit. So I'm sitting there looking at this, at this, at this second unit, and just saying, you know, hey, this is this is a problem. Uh, and, and it didn't look good. I mean, the the Wizards did go on a bit of a run there. The Wizards obviously played a lot better than the Bulls in the first first half, uh, and then the Bulls kind of made their run in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter was kind of a slow grind to get us that win. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, when you take Kobe out of that second unit. So if, if they're if they're looking to trade him, I got to see who's going to step in on that you know on that secondary score role because even score role because even with uh, Alex Caruso, you know coming back, I don't think he's a, a scorer necessarily, right?
2: Right, he's not a scorer like that. Javante Green's not a scorer like, like like that. Kobe is so quick-triggered on the three, and he's so looking to initiate his offense from all three levels. Um, like I mentioned, he was attacking the rim in the fourth quarter when everyone else was settling for jump shots. He's going to, when, especially whenever he's on, he's going to take whatever the defense will give him because he's just a bucket. That's what he does. And... We don't have, like, other than, you know, we have that in Zach, you know, obviously, and that's a different, that's a different level. Like, Kobe is not on the level of Zach in terms of bucket getters. But we have, you know, Zach who can score at all three levels. And then I think Kobe just is the secondary unit guy who comes in and does what Zach does 75% just to kind of keep the offense flowing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um
2: So, yeah, speaking of Zach Levine, we know we haven't
1: talked about him a lot. This guy, he just does so well, and we don't like – it's like we just take it for granted because he's just so smooth with it. 11 for 22, he shot 50% from the floor, 35 points, just a quiet 35. It's like because tomorrow takes all the thunder from him making a game-winning shot. He was 7 of 12 from beyond the arc, which was a huge uh, difference from last game. He didn't have any 3 pointers in the last game. Uh, so, of course, I went and bet his three-pointers, and uh, here you go, big winner's night. <laughs> but 6-6 uh, six six from the line, too. So uh, just shot the ball extremely well, made good moves. Uh, I think there was, you know, a, a few times he was kind of loose with the basketball. But other than that, man, it's, it's just like he plays so smoothly, you forget about Zach Levine, who is an all-star, right?
2: Yeah, he's just, like you said, so smooth. Mm-hmm. And I think he had, what, 23 points in the first half? Yeah. So it was more his show in the first half. And he he kept the team in it when the Wizards were looking to run away with it. I had written down in my notes, Zach Levine is refusing to be denied on offense Mm -hmm. Um, because he was he was just he was determined to drag this Bulls team to a chance to victory. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he did. And it's great. It's it's so nice to see them both shine. Because it really was Zach in the first half, and then DeMar took over in the second half. Vooch, Vooch had 22, Kobe had 20. Um, that's really about all the contributions. Derek Jones Jr. had nine, and then Io had four, and Troy Brown Jr., two. That was it. We well, had seven yep. guys score.
1: Yep. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, Zach, he, whenever we needed a bucket, and this is what, you know, stars do, right? Whenever we needed a bucket, whenever the Wizards looked like they were going to just take control of the game— and uh you know not allow us to to win this or, or come back zach was there to hit a big shot i mean you know there were other players that did that too in, in certain scenarios but uh, but he was the guy that went out there and just just got buckets which you know i'm glad that he can just concentrate on that uh and he's doing well in the def- defensive end too don't let me sell that short but i just super glad that he's just able to go out there and ju- just be the star that, that we all know he is uh but 20 from from demar tw- uh, 35 from zach i mean it's just so much so many points from two of the best players in the fourth quarter. Uh, I want. I don't know if I can. I can't. I can't uh, filter this by the fourth quarter just yet. But I yet. No.
2: But yeah. when you only get six points off your bench, you need oh, okay. those. You need those guys to come through.
1: It just popped up. Hold on. It just popped up. Nice. So DeMar, Demar had nine, and Zach had nine. So they both had nine points in that fourth quarter. They continue to be the kings of the fourth, which I know is, is out there. Uh, and it's true, man. I mean, that fourth quarter, you just know the Bulls are going to put it on you, so you better have uh six seven eight point lead or else it's just going to be really really tough for you to win that game uh even if you do have a lead no no lead is really safe because these guys can just put up points in bunches and Vooch also threw in seven in that fourth so just uh 34 points in total for the Bulls in the fourth quarter big fourth quarter big third quarter too they had 34 in the, in the third also so the second half was just uh, really really went really well for us obviously um I also wanted to bring up here, uh, if I can get back to my notes here, um, the Wizards, uh, they shot 56.8% in the first half, and they end up shooting, um, what, for the game, like 53% or something for the game, I think. Let me see all periods. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, so, so again, just that that that... That defense just wasn't there. They're getting, you know, like you said, wide open shots at the basket. The main thing, though, for the Bulls uh, in the first half, I felt like was the ball was just sticking. They weren't passing the, ball, the rock a lot. They were trying to rely on DeMar going one on one and everyone else was kind of standing and watching or getting the ball to gooch in the post and just standing and watching, which, you know, it can work for for isolated scenarios in, in the half court. But we didn't we weren't getting easy transition buckets. We weren't getting a lot of um, you know, the ball popping and, and hitting threes. Uh, finding the open man. So we had a 6-17 to 17 assist deficit there uh, at halftime. I haven't looked, but I'm guessing we closed that gap here. Let me see. At the end of the game, we had 17, and they had 26. So, you know, we did. We were only down 9 you, there as
2: opposed to 11. You also mentioned that the mm-hmm. Bulls struggled in transition, That's which is an area they normally thrive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zero fast break points tonight. Yeah. Zero. Not, not a single fast break point. The Wizards... D- I can't praise Wes Unsell Jr. enough in Mm. the game plan he had for the Bulls, um, forcing them to play left-handed, um, out of their, you know, baiting them into, the shots that the Wizards wanted them to take. It was just an excellent game plan by the Wizards. Um, the Wizards players did a great job executing it. DeMar just, uh, Zach and DeMar just, that's what superstars do. They win you games you're not supposed to win.
1: Yep. You are correct, my friend. And, um, Io, but you know, that doesn't mean the defense was bad. I mean, I, I feel like Ayo especially his defense on Bradley Beal, was incredible. He had some really great defensive uh, possessions where he was just hounding the heck out of Beal. Out of Beal finished with still a very good game. Um, what did he have? He had uh, 27 points and 17 assists, which is a career high for him. And, uh, that's insane, but they had no point guard, but it's just insane that he can do that. I wonder if maybe they'll consider playing without a point guard from here on <laughs> because uh, they've got one here in Mr. Bradley Beal.
2: <laughs> maybe, and it was nice to see Io I, um, kind of learn from his mistakes. The first play, he was guarding Bradley Beal, Beal uh, backdoor cut and had a layup on him. I, I, I jotted that down because I wanted to, to pay attention to see if that continued to happen. And I don't think he I don't think he got beat on a cut the rest of the night. Um so he learned from his mistakes guarding Bradley Beal, which is what I really want what you really want to see from a rookie. And you're right, he did an excellent job making him work for everything he had to do. He was 11 of 13 from the free throw line. I thought um you know, he got a couple superstar calls, you know, a few times which yeah, I understand. That's how the league, you know, that's how the league works. Um, yeah. Cause I ended up with five fouls. Well, speaking
1: of um, super, I mean, speaking of superstar calls though, I mean, we can't discount that DeMar DeRozan was eating like every call in the book. I, feels like. I mean, it feels like he was really frustrated last game and he, I think he got, t- I think he got a technical, if I don't, if I remember correctly uh, from complaining about it, this game, it felt like he was a little, you know, started getting to that point in like the first quarter, but then he started just getting calls left and right. And there were a few that I thought, I thought were maybe a little questionable and he was getting kind of the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, And that helped us keep us in it obviously too, but he just, he forces those refs to call that because he does get contacted every play. It's just, sometimes it's more incidental contact and he still gets the call.
2: Yeah. It's almost like he's kind of been grandfathered in a little bit from the rules last year. And I, I think that just comes from the pure volume. Of, of times he shoots those shots it's if you're going you know if they're going to hit you 20 you know it's easy to ignore that for trey young when he only shoots you know four mid-range shots a game but when you have demar putting up you know probably what 15 mid-range shots a game it's a lot harder to ignore when he's getting hit on most of them whether whether it's an actual foul or it's demar creating the contact so
1: um, let's fast forward here uh, to the end of the game here, uh, the fourth quarter, and let's talk about it now that we're about 25 minutes removed because we literally have done as soon as this game was over. Uh, but now we've had about 30 minutes to digest it. Now let me – so first of all, let me talk about Kyle Kuzma because uh, I'm not a – okay, I'm a little bit of a Kuzma hater. I'm a little bit of a Kyle Kuzma hater. I just feel like watching him play – I just don't enjoy watching him play basketball. I feel like he's um, – he gets so excited about mundane things and, and he, you know, but the bulls made him look like a good, a good NBA player tonight. He, he ended up shooting 12 of 18 from the field, which is just insane. He shot 67%, 29 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, two steals. Uh, the guy did it all today. Hats off to him. This, this again highlights the fact that the bulls don't have that, you know, that stretch for defender, especially without Javante green, uh, Derek Jones, Jr., played okay uh how many minutes did he get here like 20 something i'm guessing uh 27 and a half minutes so uh he played okay while he was out there when he wasn't out there it did look worse but uh the bulls really need somebody to you know guard these guys uh i think giovanni does an admirable admirable job but i'd like to have somebody a, a bit better uh so kuzma just just destroyed us right
2: he did and i i'm a little bit of a kuzma apologist i think he's a good nba player he does a lot you know he's out there doing the, a lot of the dirty work he's willing to do whatever you want you need him to do um it's kind of annoying having him on your team he's complaining after every call uh the bulls <laughs> announced team even even mentioned it but you know he's six foot nine he's a you know he's a really tall guy he he's getting his shots off in the corner at 38 percent right now he's shooting 74 percent at the rim um he gets rebounds he he does he's a good nba player um I think just being on that Lakers team with LeBron, I think that kind of soured a lot of people on him. Yeah. And so I think he's I think he's actually a little more underrated than than people give him credit for. Um, which he showed tonight against the Bulls. Like he he was the guy that Beal was looking to, I feel like, to at that release valve. And I wonder how many of Beal's assists went to Kuzma. I know the la- that last three pointer was. Probably a lot
1: since he had 29 points as uh, compared to the second leading score, which was, which was Gafford at 19. So um, I guess that uh, most of, of, Kuzma's assists or I'm sorry, Beal's assists were to Kuzma. I know that last play when Kuzma hit the three and we all, our hearts all kind of collectively sunk. Uh, it was just good. It was good defense. You know, Kuzma's a 32% shooter from beyond the arc. He had just missed one. Uh, it was like a, maybe a foot and a half behind the line. It, there was a defender running at him. They make that shot. What are you gonna do? You know, you take that shot all day. I think the Bulls defended it well. He hit a he hit a big one.
2: After after he made it, I was I was really not looking forward to coming on the podcast <laughs> and having you having you rub the fact in that Vucevic missed a wide open above the break three that would have put us up. Four he did. He and, did. <laughs> yeah, and made and made that three. You know, inconsequential. But <laughs> Demar saved the day like he did yesterday, like he has all season um, Man, yeah. how, how fun is it to be a Bulls fan right now?
1: <laughs> it is a lot of fun. It's also fun for any fantasy player, any fantasy guys that have uh, Kyle Kuzma on their team, uh, or DeMar DeRozan like me, or Zach Levine like me. Uh, lots of fun there for our fantasy guys. But hey, guys, we do have a brand-new daily fantasy partner at Sports ETHOS, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. 100 plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points when to share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. But yeah, man, it is a lot of fun to be a Bulls fan right now. We're sitting in first. Um, I was watching that. I don't know where the, um, let's see, if, if the Clippers beat, the Clippers did beat the Brooklyn Nets. Oh my gosh, the Clippers just beat the Brooklyn Nets by 4 points. The Clippers were down maybe uh 7 points or so when I when I last checked, but uh looks like they they pulled it out even without Marcus Morris senior. Uh those Nets are are kind of reeling right now, so the Bulls get a, another game here in the standings. And uh yep, they're in first by a, a full game. The Bucks and the Nets are now tied a game behind the Chicago your Chicago Bulls in first place.
2: Yeah, Eric Bledsoe with twenty seven points tonight. Good for him. <laughs> I, I really uh, I really underrated Ty Lu coming into the season just mm. as an X's and O's coach. Uh that was one of my my big misses this year. And I think it's I think it's really cool to see the Clippers, even without Kawhi all year. And you know, Paul George is out with an injury now. They're still over five hundred. Nineteen and eighteen. Um yeah. just good to see. Yeah. And we, we, we can enjoy other teams' success because the Bulls, <laughs> like you said, are sitting at first I know. in the East.
1: Usually I'm a little bit of a um, not not as kind to the to the teams that are doing well because my team's not doing so well, but it's different this season, Bulls fans. We're doing awesome. And I know you're there because I, I heard you tonight in Washington. Like I heard you in the fourth quarter when the Bulls are making their comeback. Like you were as loud as you are at the United Center. I, I appreciate all Bulls fans. Uh, all across the globe, which there's a ton of you guys. But um, thank you, Michael. Yeah, thank you, Michael Jordan, for creating this brand, and uh, thank you all for showing up and and uh, enjoying some Bulls basketball with us. But hey, quickly before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code Hoopball20 at Manscape.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code Hoopball on third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. But that's going to do it for us, guys. We're going to join you here again. We're going to come out with a show tomorrow, a special show, uh, just to give you kind of our top moments of 2021, maybe also our top performances for players in 2021. Uh, we'll, we'll put a list together, and we'll rank them, and Trey, and I will go through them. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a couple of days off here between our next game. So, uh, But I'm Keith Cork. You can find me again on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you?
2: On Twitter at Final Finally. And don't forget to follow the show guys at Eat Those Bulls. We got a lot of good stuff going, so uh, until next time.